It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and, not as uh, simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. What's up, everybody? Welcome to episode 369 of the Talking Fires podcast and YouTube show. We got Padres blogger on, also known as Mark. Uh, on Instagram, on you know, YouTube, just social media in general. Big Padres fan. Thank you so much for coming on the show. Hey, thank you for having me, man. I appreciate you. Love your work, too. Yeah, thank you. I appreciate your work. Uh, a lot of Padres fans do. So first, just wanted to ask about how you became a Padres fan and uh, who were some of your favorite players growing up. Just some of the background there before we get into other questions. Great question. Yeah, of course, right? The love of baseball always comes from family, right? And yeah. it came from my father, right, bringing me to the games. I remember going to Qualcomm um, and just waiting around the stadium. I remember the 98 World Series where you had to wait around Qualcomm just to get your tickets for game four or five. We were lucky enough to get tickets for game five, but we got swept, right? Yeah. Um, my favorite players growing up back then were, were Tony Gwynn. Of course, uh, Ken Caminetti, um, Steve Finley. I loved him in the outfield. Um, and today, uh, Manny Machado. I love Manny, and I love our local guy, Joe Musgrove. Joe Musgrove did, brings a different perspective that I think a lot of us can relate to. And so when I see Joe, I see me and you, right? Yeah. Uh, because of how much pride he has in the city and how he values the team. He loves the team. He wants to win a chip. Right. 
And so, you know, and, and of course, Tatis. Um, but yeah, I think Joe and Manny are my top two now. Um, but yeah, it started with my father, man. I'm pretty sure it started from your family as well. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh, I have two moms and they're huge Padres fans, had season tickets growing up, um, had season tickets when I was growing up. And then we stopped because a lot of family, but then had them again uh, going into 2016 with the All-Star Game, the Home Run Derby and all that. So, yeah, we've been in the stands. I remember uh, when, you know, Craig Stammen was giving up back to back to back to back home runs against the Nationals and staying for those 16 inning games when the Dodgers we're beating the Padres because Jace Tingler didn't know what he was doing. Stuff like that. You know, the 15 nothing opening day loss to the Dodgers. So, yeah, and that's just, that's what connects us all, right? Wanting to win that title because we've all been through it. And so it, it's all like we're deserving of this. We're so deserving of it. We're waiting for this. And that's why I just feel like this is the most anticipated Padres season ever because of how long this wait is and how many stars are on this team. We're not used to this. It just feels like a totally different world that we're in right now, and a lot of that is thanks to Peter Seidler. And we've endured a lot of tough yeah. seasons, right? And so that's why it is. It's highly anticipated. I think there's a lot of buy-in from us. Yeah. And um, like you said, the Padres have never spent like they're doing now, like they've done before. And so when there's that connection and when they're, they feel like they're investing – when the Padres are investing in the team, they're also investing in us, yep. investing in the city. And that's why you have sellouts, right? That's why they had to cap season tickets. And so to me, that just builds up more excitement. And this is not just a one-year thing, right, Ben? This is, this, right. Is, this is built for the next decade. And that's the beauty of it. Um, we have a decade of Padres baseball that's going to be fun. Like, I, I wish my father was still here. Right. To be able to witness this, because these are exciting times, man. But like I said, we've have there's a lot of fans that have lost their loved ones. But I always say they have the best seat in the house from above watching above Petco, uh, just like Tony Gwynn. Uh, he would be so proud. He would be so happy just to be here today, just to see what the Padres are actually doing and the product that they're actually putting on the field. For sure. For sure. Definitely. Totally agree. So with your. Uh, Instagram, social media, Padres blogger. When did that start for you? Why did you want to start that? And like every day, what is your your goal for Padres fans? Just making content more accessible, sharing the love. Like for me, and I don't know about you, but for me, like I, I want to get into sports radio and stuff in the future, but that's not only why I do this. Like I love communicating with Padres fans, the live streams that I do in the chat and bringing Padres, other Padres fans on the show. Like, I just love communicating with this fan base. I think we have the best fans in the world, in, in this league. Uh, so I just love that. And bringing back memories this offseason, doing the daily Padres highlights, bringing back memories. Or for the new fans that maybe don't remember some of the older players or they, they just don't know who they are, you know, bringing that to them so they can greater appreciate, oh, wow, it's a sold-out Peco Park this year every game look at it in 2013 look at what the stands look like it, it wasn't the same just getting that appreciation you know and you do a great job of that and i think that's that's very important is is the the connection and building community right um you know whatever social media platform you're using you, you got to build community and and this all started uh, 
you know, I've had this fan affair and this love for Padres all my life, right? And of course, with technology today, I didn't have that back then. And, um, you know, my, my, when my father passed away during COVID, you know, those, those were tough times for me, but also tough times for Padres fans because we didn't have baseball. And so it was my outlet in which you went, let me just start a, a blog, right? A page on different sites to where I can be able to share, express my feelings for Padres baseball, but also build a connection with Padres fans, right? Where we can share our love for a team uh, because that, and that's how I kind of carried when I would post, when I would wake up in the morning, you know, when I'm thinking about what am I going to, what am I going to post today? What it's, it's me expressing my feelings. It's me expressing emotion through Padres baseball and what I experienced growing up, what I'm experiencing today. And so it was my coping mechanism in a way to help me kind of overcome loss of my father uh, and also my loved ones. I lost my, lost my, my stepsister, I lost my grandfather, uncles and aunties, all during COVID, all within a span of 12 months, right? And so that was a lot of loss, and I needed to find an outlet to be able to just, like, I felt like my, myself, where I felt happy. I needed to find a way to be able to express, you know, let out my emotions of what I'm feeling, but also my love for baseball. And, and so I just started the page, and from there, it just kind of grew from one, right? I, I never, I, I hate using the word follower. Um, my, my thing is we're friends, we're family, we're familia. So I always say that we're Friar Faithful Familia. It's a community and it's just not me. It's not an I, it's a we thing, right? When we build this. Um, and so, you know, when I post, I think of things, you know, like the Padres, right? They do a great job. They have a great graphic design team, right? They, they love, they, and they have great infomercials where they post stats and videos, my thing is I wanted to fill the void and I wanted to fill, the, fill a gap, right? My thing was sharing stories and stories through fans, right? And also players where you felt that connection where I'm like, oh man, I felt that. Like I remember those days, not only from 10, 20 years ago, 30 years ago, whenever you became a fan, even today. Um, and that, that was the idea is me being able to build a community with the fire faithful where we can, and this is just not, again, not a, uh, uh, this year, this is a, a whole decade, right? Yep. This goes on. And maybe if social media is still up, uh, when my kids are, are bigger, Hey, these are their pages. Right. Um, and so that's kind of like how I started it. And when I post, I just think of things that folks can relate to. Cause I think that's important. I can, I can, anyone can post in uh, a stat graphic, right. Or just a photo. My thing is how do I invoke emotion? Uh, with the fans, how do I build connection? And you hit a you hit an important thing: is how do I stay consistent, but also communicate with fellow fans, right? Mm -hmm. So when someone comments or someone messages, I immediately respond back. I try yep. to, right? And and I think that's very important when you're trying to build a community. Is that you have to you have to give the community like why 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 should I be part of this blog, yep. right? Well, it's because he does communicate. There are giveaways. I feel attached to this. Um, just like with you, with your radio shows, you do the same thing, right? And, and you bring on folks from the community. You share their stories. You're, you're great with communicating with folks and responding back. That's very important. Um, and, and so that's what I'm here to do. That's what you're here to do. Yeah. 
Um, and yeah, that's kind of how do we how, how the page started. Yeah. How, how do you feel about where the Padres are at right now? Obviously, I think we all feel really, really good. Um, what do you think about their chances to go win this whole thing this year? I think they have what is necessary. They're going to add to it, but I mean, the core is there. The depth is there. I think they have better depth than going into last year. Man, I, I like, I think, uh, what is Scott Boris? What do you say? Mount Crushmore? Yeah. I mean, the top of this lineup is deep. I mean, it's scary in general. When you we think of, when have you ever thought of a Padres lineup? I mean, Tatis, Odo, Machado, Bogarts. I mean, this is not even four. This is Cronenworth. This is Kim, right? This is Nelson Cruz, Matt Carpenter, who's been hot as of late. And also if Trent Grisham heats up, I mean, that that's just a whole different realm. Um, and I'm and we're solid to me at our catcher position. I love Austin Nola, right? Our pitchers have a great relationship with him. And I'm hoping that his bat picks up this year. Uh, but we're our catching position, we're set for the next. 20 years with Luis Camposano and Ethan Salas. Ethan Salas is who I'm very excited about, a 16-year-old that, that that was in an MLB game. Yeah. He looked he, good in that game too. It looked he was I mean, he was framing pitch like, "Oh my gosh." Size, the size on that guy. Yeah. And the way he talks, he talks like a true professional, and I think you have the right leaders in place in this clubhouse that's going to help groom that young man. Into into an athlete, right? That 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 may be that person because I hear him talk, and I even message that 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 guy is a professional at sixteen. At sixteen years old, probably me and you, I was doing things I shouldn't be doing, and so, you know. And with our pitching staff, when you have a pitching staff of you, Joe Blake, just your top three going into the playoffs, that's solid as can be. And we saw that last year what they were able to do. And so you throw in Lugo, right? We have Nick Martinez, it, to me, and, and Michael Waka, right? And not even that, Tehran. I mean, they've looked exciting. Jay Groom, and and and, and to the Eric Hosmer trade, man. Now I'm like, I actually, I'm, I'm actually loving that. <laughs> right. Well, even if even if we didn't get anything back, I would have loved it because he would have been off the team. But yeah, I mean, this guy, Jay Groom, he's he's showing pretty dang well right now in spring training, and. He's going to make the roster, I would think, on opening day is probably a long man uh, in the bullpen alongside Nabil. Uh, but yeah, the depth, it's there. And I feel better about where the pitching's at this year than having Clevenger and having Manaya. I mean, Manaya, I like the addition, but then you saw late in the year, maybe it was the innings, maybe some dead arm, and he just became less and less effective. And having Nick Martinez start playoff games, I think right now I'm more comfortable in that than someone like Mike Clevenger last year. Yeah, and even experience from the WBC was very yeah. helpful. Someone like Nick Martinez. And he made, it was a tough decision for him to leave, but he made the right decision, right? And he did it for the team. Yep. And like, there's not, I have no reason to worry about you, Darvish. That guy is a true oh. professional that is working every day. He was He's at the ballpark every day during the offseason, and folks don't know about that. He's yeah. working. He's put in the innings. And, and of course, if he does throw an in here too, it doesn't mean he's throwing it, uh, a bullpen sesh back in, in the back, right? Right. And so constant professionals and also our coaching staff. I mean, with Bob Melvin, he changed the whole trajectory of this team with his leadership. I mean, that man was a godsend for San Diego. And I'm hoping we can lock him up because I know his contract's coming up. Uh, but I know I don't know how long he wants to coach for. 
But having him here and having the coaching staff underneath him, him grooming them as well, I think it's very, very important. And the coaching staff, we talk about the depth on the team. How about the depth on the coaching staff? Brian Price used to manage. Mike Schilt used to manage. Ryan Christensen's probably going to be a future manager. I mean, you could just go down the line. There are so many former managers or coaches that know what they're doing uh, on this coaching staff. So, yeah, it's it's a great organization that A.J. Preller uh, has and his front office staff and Peter and everyone that has built. Um, with Tatis, so we talked about, you know, the grooming process with Salas. With Tatis having veterans and having Manny, obviously, long-term, Bogarts bringing him in, I think that can only help Fernando. What were your thoughts, like your reaction when that PED suspension happened last year? I remember where I was. It's one of those moments where you're not going to forget where you were, what you're, you were feeling, and that's one of those what-ifs, right? I, I know this isn't Padres, but Aztecs 2020, what if they had that NCAA tournament? What if? And that's going to be that with Tatis because they made it to the NLCS without him. I remember when that day happened, uh, I was so, all of us were so excited about Tatis returning with Soto in the mix, with Josh Bell. Like, and I remember the when they were shaking hands when they first met each other, right, yeah. in the back training room. My initial reaction was, Fernando freaking Tatis, right? I was just like, oh my gosh, I think I did an initial reaction of that as well. Um, but in the end, here, here's the thing, Ben, he's a young player. Right. And, and no matter what, yes, he was raised in a baseball family. He made a big mistake. Right. And, and, and I know that was a wake up call from him being away from baseball during the playoffs, being away from the WBC. Where I know this young man is hungry. Right. He wants to do well. Yep. Um, but I think bringing in Nelson Cruz, bringing in these veterans to be able to help shape him. Right. And, and if he's going through a, a rough stretch. If he's getting booed where you feel like, hey, this is bothering him, you have folks in that clubhouse who can pick him up. And, you know, that's why I'm confident. And just seeing him play throughout spring training, his body language, like, you know, the, the first, I would say the first probably couple of the week, he's going to, it's going to be a bit tough for him, right? Even spring training, that first couple of weeks was tough for him because he was, he was pushing a bit, right? But I think he's getting comfortable at the plate now. And, you know, with I know he's going to go into extended spring training. Uh, and I'm hoping that he re he does return on 420. I think that's an AZ, right, in Arizona. Yeah. Um, him being away might actually be a blessing, uh, actually, if he's playing away. And then that will kind of – because then we go into Mexico City, I think, on the tw 30th, uh, 29th and 30th. And then he'll be back here the first week of April, right? Uh, May, um, yeah. First week of May, May yep. And I think he'll be prepared for that crowd because I think I think the crowd in general is going to show him love. I mean, you saw that during Fan Fest. Oh, yeah. Tons of love for Fernando Tatis. And with him, he the kids love Tatis. He is that one player in baseball where you have kids across this country who gravitate towards that young man because of how he carries himself and how young folks relate to him. That's very important. I'm actually glad that we have someone like Tatis because he brings emotion. He brings that energy and fire to the ballpark. And, and I'm just excited to see him. I'm hoping that we can, from when he comes back, he plays a full season. Um, and injury is always a concern. Uh, but from what I'm seeing so far, this man is stealing bases. 
Um, his defense, right, he may, may be a little questionable in the beginning in the outfield, uh, but I've he's made some awesome plays. And his yeah. arm, him being in right field was, was the best position for him because, I mean, you see his arm throwing to third base and home plate. The home, yeah, the, the, the one hopper he had the other day at the home, it was just a, it's a bullet. He has a cannon for an arm. And, yeah, putting him there and then having Soto, now he plays left, which is smaller at Petco. I think that can help Juan. Obviously, we know Grish can play center. We know Adam Angle can play center. I Look, I want the best defense out there for the Padres and in the outfield because of the guys that they have in that lineup. So if Grish playing center is the best outfield alignment, I don't need to force Tatis playing center. Like, put Tatis in his arm and right, have Soto in left, and I, I like that alignment. And obviously, the infield, I mean, the defense, the defense there is just crazy. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you will hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. It doesn't get get any better, and it's just—I mean, Jake at first, and you have yeah. at second, and I think that's the beauty in what AJ was trying to build is he was getting he was picking up athletes mm-hmm. that play multiple positions. Like this man has changed the game. Where you're now, GMs and baseball folks are thinking differently. Like, do I maybe I do draft the best athlete, and that's why I mean, even next year with the shortstop, the number one international prospect that we're picking up next year, right? That guy from the DR is something else. I mean, he he just his bat flips are awesome as well. Um, but folks don't know about him, and he's coming up the pipeline. So they say our 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 farm has been depleted. It is not depleted. Now this man has a roster that is set for the next decade, and now they are building a farm system that is going to solidify itself and be strong as can be because they've already filled the other positions. Yep. Yeah. All right, so this episode brought to you by Gaglion Bros, Famous Cheese Steaks, and Garlic Fries. They're going to be at Petco Park. They're at Snapdragon Stadium. They have the Friars Road location, so make sure you visit them. Uh, moving on to the next question here for Mark. So you said your favorite Padre, Manny. I, I, I was listening to the interview that you had. Um, I'm blanking on what the show name was, but you were talking about how it reminded you of your father, like, that's a big part of why you love Manny and when he initially signed with the Padres and then when he got that big deal. Can you tell that story again, uh, if, you, if, that, if that's all right with you, about your father and Manny and how that reminds you of him? Yeah, thank you for asking that. That, that was the, the Average People Show, so shout there out to There you them. go. Yeah, yep. shout out yeah. to them. Show as well. Um, so we were, I was back in the Dominican Republic. This is four years ago. My, my father had just retired. 
um, he wanted to enjoy life, right? And so we, we took a nice vacation to the Dominican Republic. And, um, you know, there were, I told my father, he was always one to be very skeptic, right? I remember we were in a condo and that we had rented out around the beach. We were about, I was just about to sip my pina colada. And I said, dad, dad, we're going to get Manny Machado. We're going to get Manny Machado. And he said, yeah, right. There's no way. We're not going to get Manny Machado. He's going somewhere else, right? So next thing you know, the next day we're on a boat. And so we're on a boat eating lobsters. We're drinking. Uh, I remember we were doing this dance on the boat. And of course, I had my phone because I was on Twitter, right? Seeing what was breaking and I knew it was coming. I said, Dad, Dad, look, we got Manny Machado. And just seeing his face, he didn't believe me, right? And because, like I said, he didn't believe that we would invest that much money in a player. $300 million. And for someone just to want to come, why would you want to? He just didn't believe it, right? And that outlook hit his thought process is similar to a lot of Padre fans at that point, where we're like, we are not getting Manny Machado. And so thinking and seeing him smile, because my dad loved Padres baseball just as much as me. Mm-hmm. And, you know, just seeing the smile, seeing him happy, thinking like, oh, my gosh, this is it. We're going up from here. Um, it just made me think of him, man. And so every time I think of Manny Machado, I think of my dad, uh, just brings up those memories. Um, and so that's why I love the man, right? When I think of Manny, and this is beyond Manny. I've always loved Manny when he was in Baltimore. He always had this negative perception of him being this, this that's Manny being Manny. That's man, that, that man is himself and has always been himself. And it's our, it's all of our maturation process in life. We learn things as we progress, right? And we become leaders, we become better people. But, you know, it's it's that maturation process that makes us who we are. And so that trip I will never forget, and I'll never forget my father. So there's always those, there's always that close-knit relationship there where I see Manny, I see my dad. Um, and I know, just like I said earlier, he's always he's watching from above, right, because he has the best seat in the house. So that story I will take with me to my grave. Even on Sundays, I visit my dad at uh, the Rosecrans National Cemetery, my dad proudly serves. So I see him there. I take my kids there. I give them updates on the season, how everything's going, right? Hey, we're doing well this year. So this I always try, try to think of different things to tell him because I know he's listening. I know he's watching. And for folks out there who don't have your loved ones, just know that, hey, they're there watching. You know, they're there. I, I tell you I tell you that just like Tony Gwynn, he was, he was our favorite player. That guy will be forever be the greatest Padre of all time. And I know he would be proud watching Manny Machado because Manny has fallen in his footsteps, right? And Manny has other guys below him like Tatis. You know, I'm hoping Soto stays, right? But those young cats are going to follow in his footsteps. Manny made a great point about his contract. He said, I'm not only doing this for me. Yeah, I would love to get paid $350 million, But this guy is a pro, right, players ambassador, ambassador of the game where he's looking out for his other teammates such as Jackson Merrill and Ethan Salas when it comes to them and their contracts so that's kind of that that's the the close-knit tie that I have with Manny um my dad uh but thanks for asking that man always gets me a bit emotional um just because I always think of him and I wish he was here but now I gotta now I gotta uh carry in his footsteps and take my kids to the game which I always so thanks for asking that man yeah of course yeah Tony man he would be so so happy to be, I know he's smiling down right now, but he'd be so happy to be watching Manny in a Padres uniform every day and Joe Musgrove representing this city and taking less money 
and saying, no, I want this extension. Sure, I'll get paid in free agency, but no, I want this. Just give me this extension right now. I want to be here. Manny wanted to be here. I had his trainer on a couple weeks ago, Nick Soto, and he said, yeah, Manny told me he wanted to be here. It would have sucked if he would have left, if he would have had to leave. So Tony, is. I, I know he has to be proud of that and obviously proud of what his son, Tony Gwynn Jr., is doing uh, with the Padres and brilliant work with Jesse Agler and the radio booth and, uh, you know, obviously Don and Mud, they're great. So there, there's a lot that Tony is probably smiling on down on us right now about what's happening with this organization. And he, Peter Seidler is another one. Like, I'm sure he loves what Peter is doing for this community and how passionate these fans are uh, about this Padres team and where the direction is going for this franchise because it was a lot different um, when I wasn't alive, when you were alive, right? Growing up, probably like it's totally different. Um, so yeah, there's a lot to look forward to. Um, going to this team, what's your biggest area of concern? I know we're probably nitpicking because of how great this team is on paper, but what would that be for you right now? I mean, my, to be, to be honest with you at this point, it is nitpicking. Yeah. I've never been so solid and confident about a team. We mentioned the starters, right? Our fourth and fifth. I would say probably that fifth starter. I'm very confident in Nick Martinez and his ability. Yeah. Uh, you know, who's going to step into that fifth role, right? Will it be a Waka, right? Um, and I'm hoping, or, or, or do we, is Tehran on this ball club? Um, but one thing I've seen, the bullpen to me, is sol- is even solid, more solid than last year. I mean, you guys have now, like, Jay Groom, he's probably going to be, be in that bullpen as a long relief guy with Nabil, right? And and and, and just look at, the, look at who we picked up. Um, I mean, who we were during the offseason, right? Nick with, keeping Nick Martinez here. And Suarez, yeah, that guy himself is not even talked about. And to be honest with you, he's a bar- he's, he will be a bargain. People think, oh, man, that contract was a lot. No, this guy is solid um, and a good clubhouse guy. But I would say that fifth, maybe the the back end of our starting rotation is the only thing I'm not skeptic, but I want to see who's going to take that fifth starter role. Because um, we know Nick is going to be that fourth. Um, but who's going to be fifth? What, what are your thoughts, Ben? Yeah, I like Waka. I, I, I think, look. He came here to be a starter. Nick Martinez came back to be a starter. With Lugo and Martinez, I feel like, yeah, both are going to get the opportunity. I think Martinez has that better shot to be in the rotation. With Lugo, I feel like his best role is in that bullpen, and that only makes the Padres' bullpen stronger. I mean, in the playoffs, Buck Showalter, he only was going to Lugo and Edwin Diaz. Like That was it. That's all he trusted. He He wanted DeGrom or Scherzer, and then, or Bassett, and then go right to those two guys. And so if you stick that guy into the bullpen that already has Hayter and Suarez and Tim Hill, like, and Luis Garcia, it's just loaded. Like, that that's that can make this team even better because hopefully injuries won't happen in the rotation and we'll have a strong rotation and we don't need Lugo to pitch on that sixth day or end up being the fifth starter. I, I mean, I watched him yesterday against the Reds. He got hit around a little bit, but the velocity is there. And and the, the breaking ball, obviously, is amazing. It's probably the one of the best in the big leagues. So I'm looking at that. I'm like, man, 
if he has to go to the bullpen with that stuff that he has, like that's going to be so, so great for this bullpen. That's just another amazing arm that could go pitch the ninth inning if Hader or Suarez can't pitch that night. It's, it's just the bullpen's going to have a lot of depth, I think. Yeah, and they'll be able to piggyback multiple, like a Lugo, like they did last year with Clevenger. And then uh, sometimes I think Gore would come in after him. Yeah. Right? And they'll, they'll have the ability to do that this year with even more arms. Um, and so with Manea and Clevenger, them leaving, I'm actually more confident in what we brought in um, today, right? And so I, I hope they do well, though. Like uh, Sean Manea is an overall great human being. But I like I even messed. I said, "No, nah, you ain't gonna do well against the Padres." I'll tell you that. I'll be rooting for you against other teams, uh, but not against the Padres. Um, so yeah, I'm 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 confident overall in this team. And I think I was watching a show where they were basically nitpicking to find the holes in this. Yeah. Team. Um, and there's there's not many, man. There's not many. Yeah. Where who do you think out of the the big four, who do you think is gonna have the best year? Juan Soto, if he's healthy. I mean, this guy, just watching him in spring training at WBC, it's like he's seen the ball. Just He sees the ball, and it looks easy to him. And even his walks. I mean, you thought he walked a lot last year? Just imagine how much he's going to walk again this year. But also walks on top of hits and bringing in runs, bringing in uh, um, players, right? So I don't know. Where do you think he's is he going to be in the two spot? I mean, he looked great in the lead I- during the WBC. Yeah, yeah. Beginning of the season, it feels like they might go Bogarts leading off. I think they like, because Soto himself has said, like, he doesn't like the leadoff spot. So I think Bowmel is going to sit there and say, okay, well, if you don't like the leadoff spot, then you're not going to be in the leadoff spot. And he told, I think, Ben and Woods earlier when they were in spring training uh, that, yeah, it's probably going to be Soto 2, Manny 3. So it's really just figuring out the other two, Tatis and Bogarts. And Tatis, it feels like he's most comfortable in the leadoff spot. And I don't think this Padres team needs to have Tatis hitting fourth to be hitting a bunch of home runs. Like Bogarts, he hit 300 last year, and people consider him last year, his year, to be like a down year. So just driving a bunch of runs in that spot. Jake Cronenworth, who's a line drive hitter coming in after him, I mean, good luck to opposing pitching staffs trying to get through that three, four times a game. And we're not even hitting on Grisham. I think he can hit... 20 home runs this year like he's not going to strike out as much as he did last year he had a terrible year but I'm sure he's motivated to come back and have a really really good season and prove that he deserves to be one of the best center fielders or regarded as one of the best center fielders in baseball we know the defense is going to be there he's aggressive this spring his stance right is taller so I'm really loving what I'm seeing out of him and Kim he keeps getting better every year his numbers improved a lot last year compared to 2021 so uh, i just i'm i love where this lineup is at right now what do you think is like what do you think would be a failure this season for the padres man i i I say it's world series or bust yeah um you know just getting the taste of the nlcs last year and being we, we were close and we were close without tatis without bogarts i mean there's no reason why this is this is World Series. This is World Series or bust that year. Um, I think so. I think so too. The only thing, though, as I'm talking here, as we're talking, Reese Hoskins just got carted off the field uh, in the Phillies spring training game. Looks like non-contact left knee injury. 
trying to feel the ground ball. So it's that stuff. That's that's my those are my worries, but that's a worry with every contender. But yeah, I agree. Go ahead. You just got to stay healthy, right? That's why every day during the WBC, I was like, please do well, but please come home. But even spring training, right? And it happens anywhere. I mean, look at Hodo Soto with his his oblique, like that happened on the backfields, right? And so if they stay healthy, this team is is dominant as can be. And this is must-see TV. Where folks on the East Coast, you're going to be watching West Coast baseball, right? Uh, because Padres, Dodgers, right? That That's going to be unbelievable this year. Uh, but not only that, like the Padres are bringing fans to every ballpark now. You've never seen that in the past. We're also fans of Friar Faith who are traveling on the road. But not only that, fans in those cities are wanting to come out to see a Tatis, a Soto, a Machado, a Bogarts. And I think that's the different draw that we're bringing in. And we're bringing in more fans, which is great, right? The younger generation, right, from all over. Uh, I just did a story of a kid uh, who's in Florida who's yeah. a Machado fan. His dad is a diehard Yankee fan. But now his dad is like, well, the Padres are my second team now because of my son. So that's I think that's what these players are doing. And, and now – and this is, a, this is what people don't think about. We talk about bringing it. How the hell are you going to pay for these players? The Padres are doing it right. We got that international flavor that other teams don't have. We have tapped into the Korean market like no other. Remember, in North Korea, there was a store that had a Kim. This was during the playoffs last year that had a Kim banner outside of it. And everything in that store that was Padres related was sold out. Everything in that store was gone, right? And so when you think about the Japanese market, imagine Otani. Imagine Otani as a Padre, right? I mean, to be honest with you, I'd rather have Soto long-term. Yeah. Soto is, this man is young. He's 24. He's generational talent. But imagine if you had someone like Otani as well. That man just brings in money himself from the whole Japanese market. Was the WBC the highest rated watch baseball game? I remember they were talking that's about what it. That's, I think so. I mean, in Japan, they had like 40% of the, or maybe even more than that watching the wbc games and seeing the the darvish the the padres geared in the tokyo dome during the wbc when i was up at you know 3 a.m watching the games it was it was amazing it was amazing and that's just darvish yeah imagine otani and he's an icon in japan mm -hmm. right they just built the suite in this brand new hotel it's called the darvish and otani suite where they have their jerseys on the wall but i mean these guys they bring in money from japan they bring in fans as well I mean, the Dominican Republic is basically Padres country, right? Yeah. <laughs> the whole DR team. And so I think the Padres are doing it right, man. We're bringing in fans everywhere. And just like with what you're doing on your podcast, with the pages, uh, we have like, I mean, we're bringing in fans from everywhere. We're, we're bringing fans not only about Padres, it's about baseball, the love of baseball. Um, yeah, so I'm, I'm confident this year, Ben. Yeah, last question here. Um, like regular season – one game that sticks out to you, what is that game for you besides opening day? For me, it's Will Myers' return, Tatis' first home game, that May 1st against the Reds. So regular season would be Tatis, but also I would say the Mexico City uh, series, mm -hmm. which I'll be going to as well. Okay. I think that's another – the Mexico Mex, – I mean, we're the only team in this country that is literally – that's on the border, yeah. right? You have millions of people in Tijuana that the Padres are tapping into where that's that's Padres country. And so while we're going into Mexico City, where the owner of that team in Mexico City is is a, my own part owner of the Padres. 
right? And so people don't even know that, that we're playing in a stadium in Mexico City in which that stadium, the team that's owned, right, that owns that team is a partial owner of the Potters as well. He is the only Mexico national owner in Major League Baseball. Um, and so I'm very excited about that just because, and we play the Giants too, right? Um, but I love going to, I love traveling on the road to watch baseball, right? Just to see other fans' perspective. Uh, but that series, and I would say the Tatis game, I just want to be able to, I want to feel that energy. I want to see the love, right? And I know he's going to embrace it. He's going to enjoy every moment of it. But Will Myers would be another great one too, because I love that guy. I mean, well, it's, yeah, it's the same game. It's the same. It should be the same game. It would be the same game then. So yeah. Will Myers and Tatis back. And Will Myers is going to get love. Oh, yeah. He loved this city, right? But he knew it was his time, right? We weren't going to pay him $20 million. And I think he has a great opportunity in Cincinnati now to kind of prove himself. He might even be a trade deadline acquisition by a team that needs a bat like him. Um, so, yeah, I would say those two games. Those two yeah, games. Definitely. All right. This has been really, really fun. Again, Padres Blogger, at Padres Blogger on Instagram. Where else are you? Uh, Facebook, on TikTok, uh, YouTube. I mean, we're everywhere. Um, everywhere. Yeah. This guy's the man. All right. Thank you so much for your time. Again, episode 369, Talking Friars. I appreciate everyone's time on the podcast platforms here on YouTube. Give all Padres fans that love. Again, at Talking Friars here, at Padres Blogger. That'll be it here for this episode. See you guys later. Bye.